0: No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hello, hooligans and whovians, and welcome to the Doctor Who podcast, who way on post show recaps. We're here, staying off the ground, which is apparently gobbling people up this week as we are covering... Doctor Who, Season 5, Episode 8, The Hungry Earth. Melissa, Adam, are you guys hungry?
3: Wait, the ground is goblin people?
2: <laughs> the ground goblin. is goblin people, yeah. yeah. They're like, I mean,. There's a lot of goblin people on this ground, that's
4: for sure. I guess across this earth. Uh, that's not incorrect. What a lot of goblin people. <laughs> oh my gosh, goblin people, yeah. Uh I, I'm not hungry for uh I'm not hungry for what those people are eating, that's for sure. So not no. not interested in eating uh, what, what's going on there. But interesting, uh interesting episode this week.
2: Yes, interesting episode indeed for several reasons. I think we'll have quite a bit to talk about, but this is the first part of a two-parter. Um and this is not the end of the episode that you just watched. i have been a weird spot to end this in and just be like, all right, next week, a whole new adventure, but no, the first part of a two parter. And as our usual, as we have been on here, we are talking about this part one, this week, we're going to talk about part two next week, and we're going to give full ratings for the whole two parter, as opposed to each individual episode. It's just recapping. And- how we kind of do things around here our loose system as we will call it um so this episode is is an interesting one i feel like some people might already be like why are we
1: watching this one
2: but like there's a reason melissa there's a reason right we can't say what the reason is but there's a reason
3: um yeah, sometimes you say things and I pretend like I know what you're talking about because I remind you <laughs> that I've seen this episode one time before when I yeah, first started yeah. watching Doctor Who. Um, so, sure, there's probably a reason. Um, I don't remember it. So, you know, you
2: tell, you <laughs> tell me if real, there's a reason. Real big surprise. Adam, you know the reason, right? I do.
4: Yeah, I do. And I, 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 think, it is a, I think it's a worthwhile and good reason. Like, I don't think we could have skipped this two-parter. That being said, um, it might be worth reevaluating if we continue to do these in in two parts, uh, as opposed to maybe selecting <laughs> specific ones to do as a full two-parter podcast. Um because in my mind, this was not bad. This was not a bad episode of television. I like I cannot say that. Um, comparatively to the other stuff that we have seen in Doctor. Who, as well as what's coming after this two-parter. Yes. <laughs> this was a little tough to get. I mean, this was a little difficult. Uh, like you saying, Kevin, I know where this is going. I think that there is like worthwhile payoff in part two. I think there's more intrigue there. And I think as uh, you know, we look back in four or five months at like this two-parter, um, I think we're gonna be like, okay, it's a good thing we saw that and laid this groundwork for some stuff that is happening. I like the stuff we get with Rory. I think that's really interesting. I actually don't mind the side characters this episode It was a little on the nose that they're like, of course, in love with each other and they share the kiss. But like, whatever, it works for me. That's like kind of funny um, in terms of the actual story. Gosh, I, I think this would be a much better experience for us all if we had done both parts in one podcast, which is not the norm uh, for how I feel about two parters. But like. I don't know. I mean, let's, uh, you know, to like to to get into maybe the biggest specific for me is like where we end part one does not feel as like. I absolutely need to watch part two right now. I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, Oh my God, what is going to happen? There's extreme peril. It's not a good situation. They don't end up in happy fun town. Like there's, there's bad stuff happening. Well, they, they end up in a town. They end uh, up in know, some, yeah, undertown, the the underdark. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're down there, but like, I don't know. Like the stakes were like simultaneously like raised a lot, but then also not raised like at all. And I'm like, not, I don't know. Like, I really wish that we had done this uh, in, in, uh, you know, two parts in one podcast, I think that would have been the better viewing experience and the better experience for this podcast. But I don't know, am I am I alone in this thought of like, I don't really know about the first part of this two-parter?
3: No. So first of all, just to add a tiny bit of, I don't know if objective is the right word, but like number to this, um, this is the shortest uh, summary notes that I have taken in a <laughs> hot minute by like three full pages. Oh my God! Oh my God. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's significant. Um, and like to be fair, I was sort of you know trying to sort things out, but usually I struggle. Usually I'm like, there's lots of really good quotes and there's lots of really good stuff happening or whatever. Here I was just sort of like, well, I'm gonna condense these like four scenes into, uh, you know, they're shutting down the drill and the doctor's holding onto Amy's hand uh, and like I don't know, you know, we we'll get to it. Um, the other thing that I think is my part of my issue with this episode is I have zero worry at any moment that Amy's not going to be okay. Yeah. There's like, there's zero part of me that is invested in that story because I just know she'll be fine.
4: Now I'm, I want to question that for just a second because I don't, I, I don't want us to always assume that our companions are going to be okay because like,
3: but I don't Doctor
4: like... Doctor Who and our is going to be okay. Like, I, I just want to make sure that, like... The angels of it all,
3: the angels managed to freak me out. And that was only, like, four episodes into the season. I was okay, pretty sure so, Amy was around for the rest of the season. And yeah, I was still okay. terrified for her.
4: No, that's perfect. Because this is, like, what I... This is, like, really what I want to get into. And I think it's some of the specifics. Because um, we talked about this last week. The writer of this episode, um, Chris... Uh, chibnall i think is i, I forget yeah, exactly Chris how you're pronounced. is that is the writer of this runner. episode and future showrunner for a section of the show that many people don't really enjoy now admittedly i enjoy it more than most because like you know when he's producing he's not always writing so you know uh, so, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it can kind of work in our benefit there but i do think that there's like this consistent theme of like mm, i'm not really feeling the stakes of this i'm not really like you know I'm not as invested in what's going on because like, I'm not as worried as I would be in other hypothetical situations. And I think part of that, I do think the simplest one is maybe not a great doctor episode. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I'm not, I don't know if he had a lot to work with or if there's any, you know, whatever type of that situation. I, I don't, I don't know like how well Matt Smith sold this for me in terms of like, Oh man, this is a brutal thing. I think we get one line that is unequivocally cool we get one line that is ridiculously awesome and i think the impetus for the entire episode
3: i think and, there's a line in a speech
4: yeah okay you do the speech at the end but I, I i mean the the line of not to whatever we're getting into this the line of like well, while you were okay. drilling down they were drilling up that's oh, cool yeah that's a cool that, line that's not even that's, the line i was cool thinking line. of actually there's a there's a there's oh, okay a, so there's a couple there's a little the bit line there. that that hit
3: me was when she tries to say she's the last of her race and he's like yeah, no, yeah. you're not yeah. no you're know not that
1: that's the me. line yeah. to me okay. yeah, yeah. That, that's
4: a so there's a couple name. lines so there's a couple okay. lines what we're saying but i do think <laughs> that like while we get the lines we don't get the stakes and i think that is pretty consistent with this with this writer's like mark on the show and that being said I don't think that, like, high stakes, big drama, big emotional, whatever, life or death all the time is for everyone. And so I don't know if, like, that's just a particular taste of Doctor Who that I enjoy when there's more on the line and there's bigger stakes. I don't know. But, like, I I think that is something that we'll find pretty consistent here. But it was was just kind of an unfortunate part one.
2: Yeah, it really is. I mean, like, I I do think, listen, sometimes we're allowed to do shorter podcasts. I know that we're on PSR and that seems, like, insane. But, like... We're allowed to have a shorter one. I think that's okay. You know, we we could all use a breather. But it was this episode and this two-parter. I think to your point, maybe we could have broke format for it. But that's, I think, ultimately fine. It is, I think, in the long run going to have a payoff. Certainly by the end of this episode, um, I think the reason will become clear. But in future episodes, I think we'll just say the Solarians are going to be something that people should take note of. Um, They do return. I don't want to spoil how because it's actually pretty cool. Um, And the other big part, Adam, as you mentioned, is that this is Chris Sibnall's episodes, right? Like, this is a two-parter that he did. And I will say, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting that this is our discussion point here, but I feel like it's a solid one. Um, I watched a bunch of Chris Sibnall's stuff. I think I watched two seasons. And there is notoriously two episodes during his tenure one of which is probably considered the worst doctor who episode in existence oh, and i w- yeah and i will say a part of me is almost tempted to say we should cover that because oh i absolutely think we should that bad as, as as a note um because that the other part i don't want to say too much but like i saw shades of that episode here and i think we'll continue into this two parter and that'll probably spark a very interesting pre-discussion before we get to his stuff about some of my problems there uh the other episode that i think is notorious is it's the episode that me and my wife bailed on like it it was like i've talked a lot about how we were massive doctor who fans and we watched this episode and both of us were just like i think i'm gonna stop watching until someone else takes over and that's what we did um and it's like a thing we'll we'll certainly get there it's a it's an unavoidable episode when we finally get there um and we'll have a lot of discussions around that but like it's really interesting to see this and set notes here of like this is the person who's going to be taking over so there's level there of like wanting to cover it for that reason too uh i see adam's eyes kind of like quirking so i i feel like he probably knows what episode i'm talking about but... it's
4: well known. i mean i think it's like well known and, and pretty well documented in the dark Do- in the doctor who universe of like you know what people consider to be the worst episodes the thing that i am like curious about is uh this is not the first uh chris signal episode no, of doctor who, that we have talked about i think that i don't know if you guys remember this we talked about 42 yeah. uh as the other episode that was written i was not super high on that episode i don't think any of us really were um but Remind it's just kind which of episode interesting. that was and with the, the spaceship the, and the eyes body, one? Yeah. temperature was rising <laughs> look into my eyes that one. yeah the and the guy was walking around with a big the the Lizer helmet thing. situation yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't very good. It wasn't I mean, that's like the whole, you know, yeah. I, like, it was it was not a fantastic episode of Doctor Who. So I don't know. Uh I I, I certainly am, am higher on the later stuff of his than most people, but like I'm it's not as good as this stuff and this stuff is like it just it just feels a little unfortunate because i know like how not even how good i just feel like if we would have done both episodes in one podcast your our takeaway right now would be that was pretty good that was like yeah, pretty yeah. good i think that's where we'd be. it wouldn't be like it's amazing it's fantastic that was pretty good mm-hmm. and now i'm sort of left with like okay, like, we're done with part one, I guess we'll go do yeah. part two next week. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would much mm-hmm. rather have had that two-parter experience.
2: It's so funny and so interesting, though, because, like, this kind of goes back to, like, the power of, like, writing and stuff like that. Um, We've praised a lot of two-parters recently, most of those written by Stephen Moffat himself, and, like, how you really get to a point and a cliffhanger feels big and a cliffhanger feels good. This this episode, this two-parter, isn't that far off from the other two-parters we have covered previously, where it's just, like, this feels like it could have been shortened. This feels like it could have been like covered, you know, like done as one episode as opposed to two. So it's really interesting, and I think that's that's you know, again, like putting putting it on a pedestal. But like thus far, he's doing a pretty good job uh, for Moffat over here. Um, I think it'll be easier once we get actually into the episode itself. We can talk about certain pieces. I think there's definitely things to call out. There's one moment I definitely would love to call out. We're gonna have a fun discussion about that, but uh, we'll get there when we get there, which will be
1: they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: All right. We're back. Melissa, let's start with your shortened notes <laughs> for this yeah, episode. Yeah. I mean, you know,
3: we're still it's not that short, but uh, yeah. we'll, well we see. Got,
2: it starts off with something funny that we should be talking about, I would say.
3: Uh, yeah, so in South Wales, a man, Mo is helping his son, Elliot, to read. He's having difficulty, uh, but he enjoys listening to audiobooks. The man leaves for his work shift. The dad asks the boy, who loves you more than me? And Elliot says, no one. And the mom, Ambrose, says, stop saying that. <laughs> that was
2: a funny interaction. Yeah. Uh, Your mom doesn't love you as much as I do. <laughs> yeah
3: uh in the control room a drill has reached new depths 21 kilometers into the earth uh mo arrives to sort of shift the ground starts shaking the screens go out the power fails he goes to check on things and there's this steaming hole in the floor he reaches through something grabs his arm and he gets pulled under so uh, yeah
2: i think one thing to point out that is key here is that this episode actually when it starts off is south wales but it's also the year 2020 and yeah. now in retrospect that's hilarious <laughs> like that's insane to think about um obviously because we all lived through that real nightmare uh 2020 was a bit further away when this first came out um but we have lived and gone past it and it's kind of weird thinking about that now that the, the doctor is showing up to handle a situation in the year 2020 and it's not the big one <laughs>
4: Yeah, maybe it was early 2020 and he just like you know, like February yeah, it was January.
2: He was, or, yeah, it was know, just a
4: little early. Um I just small I, you know,
2: Welsh town, maybe just they opened maybe up they a were all for the yeah. I,
4: I guess I don't know. All I have to say is like if this is the problems that they, they thought would be catastrophically dealing with in 2020, <laughs> um, I would take it. I mean, if you want to trade 2020's doctor, like that would be fine with me um yeah this i mean they they really set this up but i always think it's interesting when they go in the future because they like either have to go not very far or like really far like i don't Mm -hmm. think we ever see something that's like uh you know 2081 like we're not you know yeah because the planet's going to be on fire by that point so they can't well there's i mean but it's not far enough in the future
3: that it'll just like completely circled back around again
4: hmm okay well, that was a darker spin. Than <laughs> I mean, where I was going not, it's not inaccurate, but it's just a, dark, it's just a darker spin. Uh, that's why we got to drill all we can right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to get it out uh, before it starts on fire. That's, some that's other... the logic.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, drill, drill deep. thats We don't need to go to space. We need to just go into the Earth. That's the solution. Well, we have to Away get everything we can
4: out of it before it Yeah. Gets, yeah.
2: Um, just... some other interesting things I, I did see here is that the dude is reading, and this is like this was me almost like noticing this because again, I, I remember the future episodes we haven't gotten to yet. But I believe he's he's reading The Gruffalo, which I believe is a book about like deforestation and like climate <laughs> problems. So I was just like, Oh, okay, interesting little little nod there. Um, and I didn't want to talk about that scene where he's being pulled uh into the earth it's very tremors to me which is like Mm -hmm. one of my favorite monster movies i goddamn love tremors so like that scene i thought was very fun because it was reminiscent of that um which i think is at least the opening part of being like sucked into the earth is really interesting and scary um i don't think it holds that momentum though
3: Yeah, so the TARDIS lands in a graveyard. Uh, They were destined for Rio. The Doctor thinks the ground feels strange and there's bluegrass. The year is 2020-ish and they see two figures waving from across the valley. It's Amy and Rory from the future come to relive past lorries. Humans were so nostalgic. Amy says, we're still together in 10 years. And Roy says, no need to sound so surprised. I know, Amy- not the
2: qu- not the thing you want to hear.
3: <laughs> uh, Amy wants to go talk to them, but the doctor says not to, that it gets complicated very quickly. He spots a big mining thing. Oh, I love a big mining thing. Say, way better than Rio. Rio doesn't have a big mining thing. Amy says, we're not going to have a look, are we? And the doctor says, let's go have a look. Rory asks if the doctor can't get them to Rio. How is he ever going to get them back home? Amy says, it'll all work out fine. Rory says after everything we've seen, we just drop back into our old lives, the nurse and the kissogram. He sees Amy wearing her engagement ring, uh, says she could lose it, that it costs a lot of money, and Amy runs after the doctor as Rory returns the ring to the TARDIS. Uh, uh, although I did like honestly, the cause
2: before. Yeah. It uh, costs uh, a lot. Of some money? money. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: It costs monies. Uh to be fair, he is right though. Like you're like it's like when you go to a beach or anything like that. You gotta you gotta put that shit away. Like the, the, the risk of loss is too high.
4: How often do you take it off, though? Because I, I, I was just having a conversation about this. Like, they're very, very expensive, of course. But, like... Wait, you are just
3: p- having a conversation about engagement rings,
4: Adam? I, I mean, we can talk about that conversation uh, offline. It feels like a separate, separate situation. <laughs> um, but my confusion is, like, if you're going to drop thousands of dollars on a ring you should wear it 25 hours a day. Like that should be on more than anything else in your life. The most expensive, like accessory article of whatever that you are owning. That's it's like so much. Why are you not wearing it all the time? Why are you taking it off? Well, you know? so
2: this is the thing, right? Like This is notorious thing. Um, So I will say both my wife and I basically only take it off. When we go to sleep, we have a, like a little ring stand thing that we just put it on. Uh, we don't shower with them. Um, I know some people do, but to me, like, that is risk of loss as well. Um, most day-to-day activities, you can just keep keep it on, right? But if you go to the beach, or you go anywhere where it's like, you'll get sweaty or wet and it can slip off your finger because it's not like fitted tight tight, um, which it shouldn't be like super tight anyway, like you should remove it. Like, because it, it can be risk to loss. What happens to a lot of people, not women, but guys, this apparently happens to a lot, is that I'm not used to wearing rings. So when I have it on my finger now, I fidget with it constantly. Mm. So I'm constantly like twirling it on my finger or like moving it around, which is fine. But a lot of guys actually like ring goes on, ring goes off, ring goes on, ring goes off. They keep like taking it on and off. One person that I heard, he would take it off and like spin it during meetings. And naturally, it spun off and gone, uh, which has happened before. And at that point, you should stop. But apparently, he still does it. What a crazy lesson that was not learned. So, well,
4: the only lesson I'm taking away from that is that men basically wear the equivalent of a Fruit Loop while women are wearing like five thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's a, there's a big, uh, big uh, it is financial disparity. There. Much
2: cheaper for the men's rings than it is yeah. women's engagement rings. Um, but also, I just want to say, uh, if we're talking about engagement rings, I'm going to plug the fact that hey, don't buy blood diamonds. They're bad. If you're going to get an engagement ring, uh, I you know there's a lot of ways you can get it from repurposed. Uh, it, that may sound grim, may sound bad luck. If that fi- sounds like that's you, that's fine. Organic rings are a th- or not organic. Uh, it, like like synthetic lab made synthetic yeah. lab rings are a thing. And I'm not talking about like cubic zirconia. They actually you can have lab grown diamonds. I know this for a fact because that's what we did. I know that Robin is very adamant about um, you know not having blood diamonds, not having um, rings that you know were these terrible mining uh, systems. So, uh we looked into it and yeah, uh there are lab grown diamonds that are real diamonds. They are much much cheaper because like people aren't it, the the value of them uh in the market isn't as high demand, so like they're much cheaper for you. So that's my that's my plug and recommendation, don't support blood diamonds, go for something like that. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, that's that's what I got to say there.
3: I think my That's really it, I this don't... really is a
2: Chris Symnal episode, isn't it? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. My hat take is that I don't get engagement rings. I don't understand the point. Yeah, you also the- don't. I don't, I don't have to understand
2: the point. Rings. Yeah, you you don't have to do that. Someone else I know instead of an engagement ring got like a, a necklace that they're both uh, Trekkies, so they got a um a, a engagement necklace that had like a, I believe it's in Klingon and it's like you know made of a nice metal. But yeah, so. Those are options as well.
4: That one might be a harder sell than some some potential options. A Klingon necklace. Sure. I I don't yeah, think that's yeah. going to work for well, for especially because you don't know Star yeah. Trek. So. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, even even if I did. uh But okay, I'm just I'm just gonna clip the last two minutes. Make sure I have the <laughs> yeah. audio for this. Okay, we're good. We can move on now. Yeah, great just, messages from all.
3: <laughs> I don't get the point of advertising my relationship status, and I don't mm. understand purpose otherwise
2: but Melissa how else would, would other people know that you are owned <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
3: exactly Kevin that is what I am saying yeah. <laughs> so you know um anyway
4: I think some people like pretty jewelry is like, yeah that's and it's an excuse for it's
3: the same reason people have bridal showers because they just want presents and it's an excuse for presents
2: listen I'm not gonna lie though like Sorry, presents I have a good, lot of especially bad taste. Wedding presents. Wedding, Wed- wedding presents are great. I encourage wedding presents because sometimes you need shit for your house. Yeah. <laughs> or apartment, because I'm a millennial. I don't got a house. Yeah.
4: <laughs> what is this house you speak yeah. of?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So um yeah, he leaves. He When he leaves, he runs into Ambrose and Elliot, who thinks he's a police officer with a portable crime lab. She shows him to the graveyard where the bodies and coffins are missing, despite the grass on the surface being untouched. Uh, it's, you know, case of the body snatchers. Meanwhile, the doctor and Amy are checking out the drill. The doctor uses the sonic screwdriver on the door. Amy tells him it's breaking and entering. But the doctor says, what did I break? Sonicking and entering. Totally different. The doctor says the ground doesn't feel like it should. And Amy wonders if that's just how the ground feels 10 years in the future. The doctor tries to eat some of the bluegrass and Amy asks if he's always been this disgusting. And the doctor says, no, that's recent.
4: <laughs> uh, okay, but is it recent though? Like the first thing this man did was come into your house and eat fish fingers and custard. Like the ground. I think like, that's what he's saying. It's the Matt Smith recent. recent. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I guess like that. Well, wasn't was tenant eating something weird too? What was I the kind
2: did I was he in a sewer and he like picked up something and licked at it? Yeah, he, ate, it like, he oh, licked yes, or ate
4: something and it was very disgusting. The doctor
2: was is good. always licking something. He's licking
4: stuff. <laughs> He's got an active tongue over there.
3: Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, so Nazarene, also known as um Varen of the blue of the brown Aja, just to you know give a wheel of time shout out. It's the same. Mm, okay. oh, <laughs> oh wheelies. Very yeah. cool. I made the Discord tell me uh, the character's name earlier because I didn't know it. Uh, I was like, what's the the one that wears the brown outfit? Uh, so they, they helped me. Um, Amy asked what she's wearing. And uh, or she asked Amy what she's wearing. And Amy says she's dressed for Rio. The doctor explains they're from the Ministry of Drills, Earth and Science. New ministry, quite brilliant, just merged. It's lots of responsibility on our shoulders. Don't like to talk about it. Uh, the drill is running again amy's trying to get them to leave and the doctor wonders why there's a big patch of earth in the middle of the floor nazarene said it appeared overnight and the doctor tells them to get out of there very fast and points out something is moving below the surface as steam starts to come from the ground the ground is shaking but only under that room as more holes appear and the doctor says the ground is attacking them and yells at everybody to run the man tony falls and amy stays to help him and ends up getting stuck herself amy gets away but amy starts to get pulled down Amy tells the doctor, "Don't let go," and he says, "Never." Amy asks what this is and why it's doing this. And The doctor tells her to stay calm and don't let go. The others try to shut down the drill. Amy says it's pulling her down. asks what it is uh, that she doesn't want to suffocate under there. The doctor tells her to concentrate and not give up. Amy says, "Tell Rory," but she's cut off before she disappears under the soil. The doctor tells the others that the ground took her.
2: I I have so I don't I don't operate heavy machinery, um, obviously. But there's a scene where he's stopping the drill and, like, he's in something, and it's like he's pulling up on, as if he's in an airplane. And I was very confused because, in my head, I was just like, wouldn't it just be a button? Just be like, turn off. And it would, like, slow down and stop. It was very odd that he was in something looking like he was maneuvering that drill himself. I found it very strange.
4: Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I could say with heavy machinery, because I also have uh, literally no experience whatsoever operating this heavy machinery, I would want it to be harder to start it and operate the drill. And so therefore, I think it kind of makes sense for it to be like a very specific set of circumstances that you could stop it that's like as far as i can go like i don't want the drill to be i press this button and it turns on and starts drilling. like that should not be how it starts so like i guess that means (laughs) that can't be how it stops so that's
3: there should be like an emergency shut off that doesn't take this long like that seems like a pretty standard safety procedure
4: um
2: the two other things i wanted to call out as rory's going on his adventure i have two major notes here one uh I don't know the actress who plays Ambrose, but I just kept writing her down as British Felicia Day. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like Felicia Day. Uh, The other thing that I found interesting is that um, Amy is dressed for Rio. Rory, hilariously, is actually dressed almost identical to Marty McFly um no. and i don't mean just a puffer jacket like the colors are wrong but it's a puffer jacket and the checked shirt those are all the things marty wears marty wears jeans and rory i believe is wearing slacks because he's british um but like i saw him and immediately i was like that's marty uh so i thought that was very fun um i don't know if it's on purpose but i have to imagine it is uh all things considered
3: probably Uh, In the graveyard, Elliot asks Rory if he wants sugar in his tea, tells Rory his explanation for the bodies going missing, that the graves eat people, leaving no trace. They couldn't have got in from above or the side, so they must get in underneath. Rory says that's not very likely, and Elliot says, when you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth, quoting Sherlock Holmes. He says, I've got the audiobook, but graves around here eat people.
2: I Uh. mean... It's a famous quote, right? And it's a really dope. I feel like that's one of the most quoted Sherlock quotes in existence. I feel like I've heard that a zillion times. I mean, to be fair, it is a cool quote. quote.
4: It is, yeah, it is. I don't know that it like super applies here because I feel like we really have not done our due diligence of ruling out all of the other things. I mean, that kid's been
2: thinking about it all day.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. Your
2: child, uh, two hours is an attorney. Like, we
4: got oh. there pretty quick. Like, I understand, like, that we were going to get there, but, like, we got there pretty quick for this.
3: Yeah, and I guess, like, he's still saying the ground-eating people being the most probable of options and not just, like, tunnels, I guess. It's, like, maybe. Uh... There were
4: more things on the table that I don't think got adequately ruled yeah. I think this kid wanted there to be, you know, some, yeah, zone. But fair enough. I he was like kind of kind of right, I guess more or less.
3: Yeah. Uh, so the doctor says the ground is a quicksand that something pulled her wanted her he realizes when they restarted the drill the ground fought back as if the ground wants them to stop drilling Nazarene says that's ridiculous and the doctor says it's not but he doesn't think it's right and realizes it's bioprogramming he explains you use biosignals to resonate the internal molecular structure of natural objects it's mainly used in engineering and construction mostly jungle planets but that's way in the future and not here what's it doing here The others say the doctor isn't making any sense, but the doctor says, excuse me, I'm making perfect sense. You're just not keeping up. The earth, the ground beneath our feet was bioprogrammed to attack. He tells them to stop drilling, says if they can find what did the bioprogramming, they can find Amy and get her back. Shush, shush. Have I gone mad? I've gone mad. Silence. Absolute silence. You've stopped the drill, right? And you've only got one drill. You're sure about that? So if you shut the drill down, why can I still hear drilling? It's under the ground. He starts hacking into their records. He asks why they're drilling here. They said patches of grass in the area contain trace minerals unseen in the country for 20 million years. The doctor says the blue grass, those trace minerals weren't X marking the spot saying dig here. They were a warning. Stay away because while you've been drilling down, somebody else has been drilling up. The doctor realizes there's a network of tunnels all the way down. He sees heat signals, dual readings of hot and cold moving upwards fast. The doctor realizes the noise isn't the drill. It's transport whatever bioprogram the earth is on its way up now
2: uh first off if you're gonna have a warning don't make the grass blue you make it red like everybody knows that that's the color of a warning i don't well, think blue is the right color
4: i mean they've been under the earth for a long time you know uh, how, that's how is, true how would Maybe they know what the what the traditional <laughs> warning color is a lot of their experience is red because of the molten whatever that's down there earth science geology i don't know um, the only thing I do know is that that is a cool quote. The while you were drilling down, something else was drilling up. Probably, um, you know, one of the couple highlights of the episode for me, like that line, was very well delivered. I really did enjoy it, and it's a cool concept. And I think that's like probably going to be my number one takeaway with this part one, as we are setting up a lot of things. I think it's a cool concept. Having like people or or yeah. whatever creatures that were on Earth well before you living underneath the surface, that you had nothing about, and then you're drilling, and then like you discover them. They discover you. That's a cool concept. There's a there's there's a lot of intrigue there. There's probably um conversations to be had about how groups of people who are laying claim to particular lands uh interact with each other and that situation. So um you know um we don't need to get into any specifics there, but I think that like a story oh, about gonna. this is like still relevant. Like a story like this is very – it's still relevant today's day and age. And so I definitely appreciated that and I think it's interesting. But again, my problem comes they're not showing the parts of this that would be interesting – Right? Like they're setting up a cool concept, but like we are spending forever on the mechanics of the drill that is going in there. And like we're talking to this kid about things that you know what I mean? Like, give me give me the action, give me the intrigue. Don't just give me like this random exposition that's given in the form of a, like an explanatory conversation. Like, I want to see it actually happening with these characters. And I think like we lose a lot of the action intensity, like nothing really happens. this episode and i think even when we're getting to the interesting stuff like it doesn't doesn't really happen like there's you know we we like talk about it maybe happening we stuff has happened previously but like nothing nothing really moves forward or progresses here and even though these lines are interesting and well delivered i just like i wanted more action and intensity and like let's ramp this thing up instead of just like oh well that's that's interesting like, that's it. That's the only reaction I can like really have. I want to be like, oh my gosh, that's exciting. You know, I, I I just wanted something a little bit more.
3: There's so much of this show that revolves around this like earth bio programming that has like nothing to do with any of the rest of the episode. I, I get Correct. that it was like programmed as like their defense or whatever, but it's. It feels like it's two different episodes in some ways. And it's so it's confusing. And it it like took me taking these notes after the fact of watching the video to be like, oh, that's what that's why the bodies were disappearing. Like, I didn't get that until in like writing it all down in retrospect, because it doesn't really make sense why suddenly there are now reptile aliens coming up.
2: Yeah, the, the pacing is a little bit off, and it doesn't congeal as properly as it should, right? And I, I think those are some of the issues here. It, it happens sometimes, and I'm curious, like, once we get to the end to see if this is the case of, like, getting, like, the like the actual execution getting lost in the idea, right? And I think that is kind of, like, what's happening a little bit here. Um, and I do agree with Adam. I did really like the something's drilling offline. I think that was really well executed, Um, but yeah, uh, we are going to talk about the land thing and and the concept, Adam, but I think there's specifically a point where we can talk about that. Uh, so we'll get there when we get there and it's going to be fun.
3: Yeah. I, yeah, I made notes. So. Um, an energy shield appears above them in the sky and the signal is originating from under the earth to trap them in. Rory tells the doctor that something weird is going on here. The graves are eating people. The doctor explains the energy field will mess with the TARDIS so they can't get away. Rory asks, where's Amy? And the doctor tells Rory to get everyone inside the church that he'll get her back. Rory asks, what do you mean get her back? Where's she gone? The doctor says she was taken into the earth. Rory asks why he didn't stop it. The doctor says he tried, but Rory says he should have tried harder. The doctor says, I'll find Amy. I'll keep you all safe. I promise. Come on, please. I need you alongside me. Uh, the church door sticks, but they get inside and Elliot asks about his dad. The doctor tells them to all be ready. But Ambrose is skeptical. Nazarene says, look, we saw the doctor's friend get taken. You saw the lightning in the sky. I've seen the impossible today. And the only person who's made any sense of it for me is the doctor. Elliot asks if he can get his dad back. And the doctor says, yes, but I need you to trust me and do exactly as I say from this second onwards, because we're running out of time. He tells them they have eight minutes to set up a line of defense to bring every phone, camera, and piece of recording or transmitting equipment they can find. Every burglar alarm, every movement sensor, every security light. He wants the whole area covered with sensors. Uh, The fact that apparently they do this all in like five minutes is very confusing to me. I don't understand what's happening this whole thing. This whole setup, and then it's going to go away in a second and also in a be second. completely for nothing.
2: That's the part that's confusing to me, where I was just like, wait, why did we do all this? And like, part of me is like, do they do this just so they can set up the no weapons thing? Because I also have issues with that, which we'll get to in a second. But maybe uh, it's a very, very odd sequence to have included because it eats up a lot of time.
3: Yeah. So the equipment gets set up. The doctor needs a map of the village marking where the cameras are going. Elliot says he can't do the words because he's dyslexic. The doctor says, oh, that's all right. I can't make a decent meringue. Draw like your life depends on it. The CCTV cameras are ready. The doctor looks in Ambrose's Meals on Wheels van for resources. Ambrose puts an armful of rifles and a cricket bat on the seat, but the doctor says no weapons. That is not the way he does things. Ambrose says, you said we're supposed to be defending ourselves. And the doctor says, oh, Ambrose, you're better than this. I'm asking nicely them away and we see her look at them. I uh, yeah.
4: I
2: have small issues here. Is this the first time we're also getting this in the Moffat era, which was a question I had cuz we definitely saw a lot of it in the previous incarnations and eras of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And I was just like is this the first time this comes up here? And I think be. it might be and I also take umbrage with a with a few pieces of this. Um one, uh, I I because of future instances, it's really difficult to, to to talk about, but, like, that's not fully accurate. Like, there, there's a level of, like, I think the doctor doesn't. Like, Like, there's certainly, like, a no-guns policy, and I think that's fine. If the doctor's is like, hey, no guns, and it's just like, okay, great. And we've also mostly seen guns be useless against virtually all aliens. So, like, that's all fine and well, and I have no no issues there. But, like, the no-weapons thing, I think, becomes slightly problematic literally in this episode and also later because like i think there's a level of like i don't do things that way but like i understand why you might need to and like that certainly changes in this i think version of the doctor we certainly see i think i can rightfully say instances in the future where he is not adamant about that rule um and i kind of prefer that but it's a very odd thing i think that the choice of the word weapons i find very weird as opposed to guns specifically
4: yeah. And I j- just like thinking back in terms of the Moffat era and what we have gotten and have not gotten, I think that in victory of the Daleks, there was a comment made and I would, I would have to go back and look specifically, but I do remember, I think it was him and, and, and Churchill talking. Um, and I, I forget the exact context. The other thing that like, I don't know how much this is worth bringing up, but the. Um, political leanings of those involved with the writing of this episode are not consistent with the political leanings of others who have written previous episodes or may be in charge of producing and one of the more major criticisms of the chris signal era is that there is a um, more conservative skew in terms of the beliefs or moralities or where things kind of lend themselves towards, um, I, you know, uh, take that for whatever you will. I am not accusing anyone of anything, but my, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not hard to spot <laughs> a, a Republican in the wild. So, you know, uh, <laughs> so they're, <laughs>
3: Except they're not called Republicans, right?
4: Well, I don't know. I have no idea. What they're called. Someone asked Stuart. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm I'm assuming that it's the same. If not, maybe worse or be- I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not here to whatever. I mean, I kind of am, but like I'm not here to say anything about whatever. Just that that is a take that I have seen pretty consistently across those who are like very active Doctor Who fans, that there has been some pretty significant criticism, especially when he is in charge of the direction of the show, in terms of how they land stories and the morals that they quote-unquote tell.
2: I mean, honestly, so, having seen some of those, it tracks and it's yeah. kind of like, oh, well, that explains a lot because um, I didn't know about that. And I will just say, not I don't, I'm not going to make this into a whole political thing. I personally find even just conservatism Wild, it's an odd like statement to be I want nothing to change ever. I don't care how much new things we learn or how the world is different or what happens, we should be conservative and not try to progress in any way. And it's like that's that's a wild take. And some people will be like, Well, oh, they're not against all progress, and it's just like they're against enough progress that it's questionable and problematic, anyway. <laughs>
3: I mean, yeah, who does the status quo work for, right?
2: Exactly. Hmm
3: uh elliot gives the doctor his map and the doctor says look at that perfect dyslexia never stopped da vinci or einstein it's not stopping you the doctor explains he has a two-phase plan first the sensors and cameras will tell them when something arrives and second if something does arrive he will use the screwdriver to send a sonic pulse through the network of devices a pulse that would temporarily incapacitate most things in the universe the doctor comments that this is a lovely place to grow up but elliot wants to live in the city one day as soon as he's old enough the doctor says he was the same when he grew up. And Elliot asked if he got away, if he ever misses it. The doctor confirms he did and says so much. Elliot asked if it's monsters coming and if he's met monsters before. The doctor says, yeah. Elliot asked if he's scared of them. And the doctor says, no, they're scared of me. Elliot asked if he's really going to get his dad back. And the doctor says, no question. And Elliot realizes he left his headphones at home and runs off. I thought this was cute. I like the doctor with
4: kids. Okay, it was cute, but I didn't care about this kid. Like, I really? I have to be honest here. I just really didn't like. There was more important stuff happening. <laughs> he's,
3: Listen, he's the only NPC so I care about. Amy was
4: missing. Like Rory's having a moment. The I, like, there's a big drill. There's a love story being told. There's a amongst big employees. drill. <laughs> Put the big drill over the child. I would. I I have to. They're drilling down, but something else is drilling up. I thought that was cool, Kevin. I don't think this kid is cool. Like. I, I don't know. I I, I don't know. He, and then also like audiobooks, the he quotes Sherlock Holmes. But he forgot his, his headphones. Are you kidding me? That's his fatal flaw. he forgot his headphones and then just <laughs> yeah, ran that's off. Why,
3: that's why some of us wear them constantly around our neck at all. Yeah. <laughs>
4: always wear your headphones or never wear your headphones. There's no in between here because every time you forget your headphones, you're going to get sucked up by the earth. It happens every time. So like truly just remember your headphones. I just, I don't know. And then the doctor was like, yeah, go get them, whatever. Like I, I don't know. I, I, we There's know a what's going on into, here yeah, you there should are go people get getting dragged down by the earth and you're just like yeah freaking johnny or whatever this kid's name is Go get elliot. I elliot i said it like 12 times i don't do i can't do i can't, I don't even know the names of the people that i like in this episode let alone the ones that i don't care about so i don't know the, couple, the uh i don't even know I, I this kid was nothing for me and I, I i don't i honestly don't even remember if we see him a lot next episode i'm assuming we're gonna go rescue him in some capacity but I mean, no, they go, let the kid die. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think there's a safe bet. <laughs> what if we don't, if Kevin? Rescue the kid. Now that would be hardcore. If that, you were, that like,
2: would be hardcore. You're right. I, I, I I'm with Melissa them. though. I do like this little exchange about missing home. I think it's, I think it's key because it's also, you know, missing Gallifrey and Gallifrey is a really, really big part of this Doctor's, I think, journey. Um, so I do like these moments that they bring it up in retrospect, like knowing. Knowing the story and stuff like that, there, there's a lot in here about, and has always been a part of, of, of his story, right? The regret that he has about what he did and stuff is always there deep down. So I like these moments because it, it continues to like make sure that's in the forefront of the doctor's mind and keep it like a big big part and piece of everything.
3: Uh, So the doctor asks Rory how he's doing. Rory asks how it can be getting darker so quickly. The doctor says they're shutting the light within the barricade to isolate them in the dark, which means they're here. Uh, Tony kisses Nazarene and he says, like you didn't know. Uh, And then the dots on the screen stop moving as they've arrived. I thought this moment was really
4: cute. Yeah. This I like like like. this, like, you know, love story situation happening here. Like you didn't know. Yeah, I like that. She People like know. touches
3: him, and then yeah, anyway, yeah, it was like. It's
4: pretty good kiss. They have a, like multiple kisses here. Pop off these two, Nazarene <laughs> and something else. I don't know. Tony, Listen, Tony, Tony. oh, Tony. His name's uh,
2: like Tony
3: Mac or something, but yeah. Okay.
2: Tony Mac is the name. That's an interesting name.
4: Tony Mac. Mm.
3: Uh, Ambrose and the Doctor are trying to open the church door. Rory asks why he doesn't sonic it, and the Doctor says it doesn't do wood. Rory says that's rubbish, and the Doctor says, "Oi, don't diss the sonic!" And before it's open.
2: Do love that? Yes. Yeah.
3: Uh I do like a comeback of the oi that uh Amy yeah. I think taught him <laughs> earlier. Uh the system gets knocked out by an energy surge. Uh so just immediately that whole thing, that whole setup, yep. gone. Didn't matter. All done. Uh the a line so fast that I missed it the first time. <laughs> um, but then Ambrose realizes Elliot is missing, asks him how he uh who saw him last. The doctor says he did, and then he went to get headphones. Elliot gets back to the church, yells to be let in, but the door is stuck. When it finally opens, Elliot is gone ambrose runs looking for him finds the headphones something knocks into her tony tries to grab it he shines a flashlight on it and it flicks him with its long tongue and hurts his neck before getting away ambrose tells the doctor that elliot is gone he explains he doesn't think they've killed him That they've taken three people when they could have just uh they could have just killed them up here so there's still hope there's always hope the doctor promises to find elliot but first he has to stop this attack uh, he puts on a pair of infra- infrared sunglasses and he realizes the creatures have cold blood and knows who they are. He and Rory managed to capture one of them in the van uh defending the planet with meals on wheels. They hear the others leaving. Rory says they scared them off, but the doctor says I don't think so. Now both sides have hostages. Do you have meals so, on wheels in the US?
2: Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um which yeah, big support for anyone who's, you know, obviously trying to to help with that and and feeding feeding homeless and people in need uh always I think, a positive thing. Um, two things here. One, I wrote down sunglasses because this is this is hilariously going to be something we should remember for the far future, uh, which I think is kind of funny that I when I saw him put on the sunglasses, I was like, oh, hey, this will be important in a few seasons. Um, and then the other thing that I think is interesting. So this is where I got a moment of just like Kevin ranting uh, because so he does indeed stop this uh this creature and he does so because he grabs a fire extinguisher and knowing that they're cold-blooded he shoots it with the fire extinguisher and causes it to like get um uh basically subdue it by doing so right causing it for, for, for for very evidence pain because it's just like ow and it goes down do you know how he uses that fire extinguisher like a weapon Which is also why when he says, like, oh, and it's a system thing that'll knock out any creature, most creatures in the known galaxy, I'm like, you mean like a weapon? Which is why the usage of the word no weapons is bonkers to me. Because, like, again, if you could say, like, hey, no lethal weapons or no guns, great. The idea of no weapons is bonkers because you are also using things like a weapon to hurt and subdue this creature. So, like, it's just one of those moments where I'm just like, you should have used a different word. That's insanity. Like, it's lunacy to me to be like, never weapons. And then you literally, when your plan was to use a weapon against it. It's it's just, I don't know. It was just one of those moments where I'm like, that's, I, look.
4: I'm trying to think about like why that truly does not bother me in the slightest that he uses the <laughs> fire extinguisher. Like I, I, I really disagree with you, but I, I'm like trying to figure out how to put the words into it. Uh, and and maybe it's just a different read of the situation. Your view was like the fire extinguisher, like really hurt and like caused a lot of pain. Whereas I think like my read of how they did it was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm being sprayed with the little fire extinguisher thing. Like I'm, my senses are all whatever, uh, discombobulated and then they kind of like pushed pushed uh pushed her into the van but I guess like if it was really causing a lot of pain then for sure it could be a weapon but I do think that like an improvised kind of like let's distract or like you know uh blind for like a couple seconds just so we can like contain I do think there's like a difference between that and like a gun you know there's what there's
2: I mean the difference between that and a gun but I definitely think it caused pain because I think it cried out. Also, it definitely had to have knocked her or weakened her out to a point that she, they could get her in and then out of the van into that room. Because if she was still fully capable, she would have just taken them down the second they. What were is them.
4: in a fire extinguisher? What is that? What is that? Is, it, is it a liquid? Like what's in there? Cause it comes out as like a goopy kind of whatever, right? Like it's a, yeah, I,
2: th- I thought it was CO2, but mm, I'm wrong. I, that does,
4: I, that means nothing to me as a non-scientist. That's a, is that on the periodic table? Uh,
3: it is no, comprised of, but not limited elements. to a solution of water and potassium acetate, potassium carbonate, potassium citrate, or a combination of these chemicals uh, that are conductors of, of electricity. The liquid agent typically has a pH of nine or less.
4: Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so uh, that did not help me at all, but I appreciate. The,
3: yeah, it's, someone you know, understood that out there. Chemicals. It's a uh,
4: no-fire sauce. That's really yeah. Like what some we have fire here.
3: extinguishers contain sodium bicarbonate, which is baking soda. Oh, um, okay. So you know.
2: That actually does make sense, right? Because like I've seen that before. Ever in in we do use fire.
3: carbon dioxide in fire extinguishers. Uh. Because it displaces or reduces the amount of oxygen, the oxygen. around the fire. It, that's cool. Huh.
2: That's what I assumed was the case. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. carbon
3: dioxide is what you breathe. No, breathe out, right?
2: Okay. uh you breathe out carbon dioxide correct you yeah i just had a moment out. of you like that in is oxygen. right
4: <laughs> yeah we're we're scientists on this podcast we're very smart i
2: just i wanted to point out like adam is i said co2 adam is like is that something on the periodic table i'm like those are two things on
4: the periodic table yeah. do you not know how that works i don't know i'm not a, i'm not a periodic table guy wait um, do you know what co2 stands for carbon oxygen times two yeah carbon dioxide Okay, oxygen times two is just as cool, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, that's, yeah. You that's, got it. I got, got there. it. It's a multiplication situation. Um, okay, I do the other line. I do remember from. I think it's a little bit later, just to put some clarity on this. I think the doctor said that she had to thaw out, um, cold blooded with whatever this happens to thaw out. So maybe, maybe it like froze her. Is that... Well, isn't
2: there a thing like yeah? Well, when you're cold-blooded, right? You react to like the temperature that that you're right, in. But so I don't like, think the fire extinguisher is, is it cold. cold yeah, yeah, that's
4: where I'm like, I'm. Sh- that's where.
2: Oh, no, it, it does because uh, so the pressure and uh, when the CO2 comes out, like it is cold. It actually is cold on you and whatever it, it it lands on.
4: Have so you ever been sprayed by a fire extinguisher, Kevin?
2: I've seen I've seen it in use. It's also a plot point in a movie.
4: Okay. I was really hoping most of they, my, I was really, I honestly really as,
2: <laughs> as most of my knowledge of of trivial facts like this they're from movies. um okay. But yes,
4: I was really hoping you would just have been sprayed by a fire extinguisher at one point for. No, I, I don't know it's why. A
2: waste but. right? Like I don't. I don't want to waste it. Uh, are we most, short on CO two these
3: days? Extinguishers are filled and pressurized at sixty eight to seventy degrees
2: Fahrenheit.
4: How cold is that? That's pretty warm. It's pretty warm. But it's, it's twenty just, degrees mean, below our body temperature, but. I guess we don't know what they're like. Yeah. I, I... Oh, the hold on. In... CO2
3: fire extinguishers come out at a temperature of minus 60
4: Celsius. Yep. Oh, there it is. That's pretty cold Celsius wise. I okay. So there are different types
3: temperature of temperature fire extinguishers. Fire extinguisher. so, well, my knowledge Kevin,
2: is all Kevin, based on the carbon dioxide one. <laughs> Kevin is
3: talking in a lot of absolutes that are really only one type of fire extinguisher. Yeah. But,
4: but sure did enough. we get a good read on this particular fire extinguisher? It must have been the cold one because it froze her. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So maybe this is actually an excellent read by Kevin somehow. And or more more likely he just got lucky and, and knew more about well, the,
2: no, the fire it. Well, no, because he said it's cold-blooded. And I, I was like, that's why he's using the fire extinguisher. Because in my like <laughs> right, mindset. But minus
3: 60 Celsius affects warm-blooded creatures too.
4: <laughs> yeah, I would not enjoy being <laughs> sprayed by minus. I don't know how cold that is in real temperature <laughs> units, but that it seems pretty cold.
3: <laughs> it's actually when it gets that cold, it's about the same.
4: Okay, that's freezing then. That's yeah. that's really, cool. really, really okay. So I guess if this froze her literally, then yeah, that's that's just a freeze gun and that's a weapon. So then okay. So I'm I'm not with you on this. If 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 the goal here was to freeze her literally, then that is certainly a weapon. And you're not actually anti weapon if you're just freezing people.
2: Yeah, it's 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 just okay. a weird use right, of I'm the there. word. They should yeah. Have
4: used otherwise, um,
3: what's his face? Arnold Schwarzenegger from Batman isn't a bad guy, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, Mister Freeze is, you know. Well, okay. honestly, he's not really a bad bad guy. He's actually he's got a good point. I'm a big fan of that character. Anyway,
3: yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the Batman villains have a point. Uh, looking at you, Poison Ivy. No, um, oh. woman after my own heart, who's just trying to stop the climate crisis.
4: I just really did not think we were going to get a Poison Ivy reference. Oh, uh, Poison Ivy is
3: should, possibly yeah. misunderstood. Um. <sighs> Oh, God. Anyway, uh, she's a scientist who loves the environment. Come on. So Amy wakes up in the glass coffin yelling to be let out. She says, my name is Amy Pond, and you'd better get me the hell out of here, or so help me, I'm going to kick your backside. Mm -hmm. This figure leans over and shushes her. Amy says, did you just shush me? As the gas enters the coffin and knocks her out. The doctor explains to Rory that he thinks he's met these creatures before, different branch of species mind, but all the same, and says, let's see if our friends thawed out. The doctor talks to the reptilian prisoner, removes her mask. He says, you are beautiful, remnant of a bygone age on planet Earth. And by the way, lovely mode of travel, geothermal currents projecting you up through a network of tunnels. Gorgeous. Mind if I sit? Now, your people have a friend of mine. I want her back. Why did you come to the surface? What do you want? Oh, I do hate a monologue. Give us a bit back. How many are you? The figure says, I'm the last of my species. The doctor says, really, no. Last of the species, the Tlempari defense as an interrogation defense. It's a bit old hat, I'm afraid. She repeats, "I'm the last of my species," and the doctor says, "No, you're really not, because I'm the last of my species, and I know how it sits in a heart. So don't insult me. Let's start again. Tell me your name." She says, "Alea," and the doctor asks how long her tribe has been sleeping under the earth. That she's three hundred million years out of her comfort zone, and asks what uh, asks what works for her. She says they were attacked, and the doctor realizes it's the drill. Alea explains, our sensors detected a threat to our life support systems. The warrior class was activated to prevent the assault. We will wipe the vermin from the surface and reclaim our planet. The doctor says, do we have to save vermin? They're really very nice. Alea calls them primitive apes, and the doctor says, extraordinary species. You attack them, they'll fight back. But there's a peace to be brokered here and offers to help. Alea says, this land is theirs, That their lives, lives here long before the apes. The doctor says that doesn't give them the automatic right to it now. He's afraid humans won't give up the planet. Uh, and this is in my notes where I said, wow, this is quite the conversation to be having right now as the world is yep. doing the things it's doing.
2: Um, like so, This is the part where we'll probably have to have that this conversation. But. Yeah.
3: Uh, Alea says they will destroy them. The doctor says they're they're underestimating them. But Alea says that he's underestimating them. The doctor says one tribe of Homo reptilia against six billion humans. You've got your work cut out for you. Alea says we did not initiate combat, but we can still win. The doctor asks where his friend is to give them back the people who were taken, but Alea refuses. The doctor says, "I'm not going to let you provoke a war, Alea. There'll be no battle here today." Alea says, "The fire of war is already lit. A massacre is due." The doctor says, "Not while I'm here." And Alea says, "I'll gladly die for my cause. What will you sacrifice for yours?"
2: So, yeah, this is
3: shitty to watch.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's some pros and cons in this entire thing. I, I will point out real quick. So the doctor said he's encountered different spe- like a, a subspecies or, or, or a different group from this before, which is true. The Solarians are very old Doctor Who villains. They've appeared a couple of times. Um, and I will do they will appear again. Um, and I personally love the idea of the Solarians, like the, especially at the end here where we see like the, the inside the earth system. The idea of like lizard people living underground is actually pretty old. As a concept and like as a conspiracy theory or sci-fi pulp uh thing, so I've always been a fan of that concept. I, I always love the idea of just like civilizations within the Earth. I, I you know journeys in the Earth something that I think is really fun and really cool. So like it really um it really hits my personal like fantasy sci-fi buttons. Uh, and as another thing that I really liked, um, let's see you called this out earlier. For me, that moment, that line, I think is so good where he's talked where he says like because I'm the last of my species and I know how that sits in a heart like is great. Like I think that's phenomenal and is really a powerful powerful thing from the doctor. Now of course we're going to come into the, the the crazy parts. And I like I I don't want to get into obviously the broader discussions here just because one I will say personally I am neither informed nor educated enough to properly comment on anything happening in the broader context of the Middle East right now. My personal uh, statement is death and murder is bad especially of children one side or the other anything that that's bad and like whoever does it is bad <laughs> like and i'm not saying is perpetually they are the bad guys full stop i'm just saying that specific instance that we're talking about there's no painting at in a positive light like whoever did that you're in the wrong um that what i do want to comment on though specifically in the broader context because this is a thing that happens effing constantly is the idea of just like, well, we took this land and now you can't have it back. And my main thing is, this is hilarious coming from the Brit. Like, that's bonkers. Like, it's just such a funny statement to have a British person write that and say like, well, you know what though? Like, we're here now and like, you can't have it. You can't just come back and be like, hey, can we get our land back? Sorry, no, it's ours, which is the most like British thing to say and now that adam has said that note about the conservatism that sort of again explains a little bit uh so yeah this this is such a strange goddamn thing to like (laughs) listen to in this uh in this context
4: yeah, I mean there's like certainly a lot here and this is this is probably not the podcast to to talk about all of the, you know, things that are happening, but I also have to imagine that I have like not been the only one that has like been unable to turn off the news this like past couple of weeks and just like look at tragedy after tragedy and then of course in in this country buffoonery after buffoonery is we like keep doing these stupidest things over and over again and they just like actively are preventing us from doing anything that even could be remotely skewed as good um That being said, I think a core tenet of Doctor Who is that, like, this happens in the world. It is not a, like, different sci-fi world. We go to other planets, but, like, we really do deal with, like, the Earth and the problems that happen on the Earth. And so, like, it's not lost on me that there are two competing groups of people who are laying claim to the same land and are in conflict with each other because, like, that is something that is very, very common throughout our history as like a species like this is not a new thing that is just happening now in 2023 that we're developing like problems over this is an ongoing situation i agree like fully with what you're saying kevin like obviously like violence is bad killing children is bad killing civilians is really bad and like there's a lot of bad going on here um the doctor is adamant though that there is like peace to be found in some capacity um Uh, you know, uh, say what you will about the world at large and the situation in general, there is probably peace to be found somewhere, but it takes a lot of humility and it takes a lot of sacrifice on the end of, you know, uh, basically everyone and a willingness to come to the table in a good faith manner that I just, we are not seeing at this particular point. And so, the the you know over and over again we see the Solarians like be or, or i forget her name yana or iliana or something like that Alea Alea i was pretty close there I was, I was pretty close i don't uh, to learn anyone's i can't do names i just can't do it like her but like her persistence of just like that's not how this is going to go like we are here for this like this is not we're not going to find like a piece of resolution mm-hmm. i think again Is like somewhat consistent with like what we have seen throughout a lot of history and what we are potentially currently seeing right now. Not ideal. There may be peace to be found, but I just like you know I I just want to acknowledge that like sometimes Doctor Who can be an escape for things in terms of what's going on in the real world and fun little kooky space stories where we fly around in a little blue blocks uh, and, and you know talk about time and whatever. Sometimes it's like man, this is hitting really hard because this is a show that is representative of what's going on, and so you know. That can be disappointing sometimes, I know, at least for me specifically, like when I'm like watching the news like 18 hours a day and then I go to watch Doctor Who and it's like more of the same <laughs> stuff over yeah. and I'm like, okay, really? Like, we I can't get away from this. And then another way, it's like telling stories that are relevant to our lives through the Doctor, through like these other characters that are not real in these not real situations can be potentially cathartic for some people i don't know I'm, I'm i'd be interested to see um you know talking about part two as we like figure out the resolution of this is how will people feel how will how different will the world that we live in look in a week when we talk about part two like there could be dramatic change in our world in the next week and how we view this is, you know, how we view this story throughout the next week is going to be really interesting. But I also like fully respects, you know, people who are like, I'm not into this. I don't want this kind of story. Like maybe skip the part two if you're like kind of sick of this kind of stuff or, or, you know, uh, these, these particular claims or, or these types of conflicts, but um, it's probably not our place to pass judgment on who is right, who is wrong, who is good, who is bad. Um, just that there is, a lot of bad out there and i hope that everyone would strive to be the good just as the doctor is attempting to do in this episode
3: yeah i think gosh it's been a week of like seeing like jewish friends in pain and muslim friends in pain and just like not really having any idea what to do about it um and that yeah it's it's just been um Yeah, it's a lot. And like, my heart goes out to everybody because it's, yeah, it's absolutely pain on both sides. Um, And it's interesting because I find it a lot easier to talk about the situation in my own country. Um, And when I am a part of the group that I am condemning, it is so much easier. And so I, I, you know, certainly don't want to um, like, I I understand the kind of nuance of it. It's also not lost on me that there's like some anti-Semitism tied to the whole like lizard people uh, trope. Right. So there's like, you know, it's, there's definitely a lot of kind of um, reference, I think in this episode that may or may not have been intentional. It's not like conflict in the middle East is new by any stretch. So, um, you know, who knows, but yeah, certainly in uh, to speak to something that I, you know, feel far more, qualified to um speak to it's always interesting to think about like land back claims from indigenous people who you know want land back and it's like okay so what do we do do all of us who want to do the right thing just like pick up and leave like obviously that is not uh, a realistic solution at this time so how do what do we do how do you broker kind of? you know giving people the right to their land that was stolen from them and is um you know remains their like traditional and unceded land and um you know but the doctor's point of like they have also this is also their home and so like how do you I don't even know like the situation is just so um it's something that I've like sort of since watching this episode been like I I think like you know, there's certainly programs and stuff where you can like pay rent for the land that you're on basically like to the first nations people, uh, who's, who are the stewards of that land, but it's also, um, clearly not going to be enough. And there's so much, I think the gulf between what should be and what is right now is so wide that it's often so hard to be like, okay, what do you, what are we even aiming for? And then what's like, what do we do right now? Like, what do we do in the not, we can't immediately make the ideal situation ideal. So what do we do now? What's okay now? And I think that that's, um, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's all complicated. And Dr. Who sometimes makes us think about really complicated things. Um, yeah,
2: but yeah, there's no, and that's the thing, right? Like, I think to Adam to your point, like the doctor's POV of wanting to broker a peaceful solution is the right answer. Like find a way that we can hopefully and ideally and in peace. Um, the problem is, of course, Solaria is just like, nah, I don't, I don't want peace, right? Like, I want, I, I I'm gonna exterminate all of them. Is obviously an issue, uh, to say the least. Um, and it is weird watching this in in the modern day context. Um, but like, just yeah, it, it is, it is weird to hear the stance of just kind of like, well, you know, other people are here now, and it's just like, yes, famously from the British, who literally went around the world and claimed. With flags, all of the things that is just like this is mine. Now. But do you have a flag?
3: Nope. Uh,
4: <laughs>
3: you get that reference, Adam?
4: No, I have no idea what that is. Uh, that's so fine. Good. Yeah. I well, I'll three. post it in the Discord. Running, jumping,
2: climbing trees—you know that sort of thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she was just on tour, and I missed it, and that was very sad.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Anyway, continue. <laughs> makes me want to go watch, rewatch that OG uh, special again. Anyway. Yeah, we can continue with this.
3: <laughs> yeah, I enjoy being vague about it, so Adam's just confused. Uh anyway, do, do you have more? Should I continue on?
4: No, I just definitely want to rewatch that OG special now. That's really <laughs> that's what I want to do. <laughs> you can find it, Adam. You could you you can use Google. Google is free. <laughs> Honestly,
3: if you Google do you have a flag, I a hundred percent guarantee it will come up.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, So the doctor tells Rory he's going down below the surface to find the tribe and talk to them. He explains to the others, they're not aliens, they're Earthlians, once known as the Silurian race, and some would argue Eocenes or Homo Reptilia, not monsters, not evil. Well, only as evil as you are, the previous owners of the planet, that's all. Look, from their point of view, you're the invaders. Your drill was threatening their settlement. Now, the creature in the crypt, her name's Ilea. She's one of the warriors, and she's my best bargaining chip. I need her alive. If she lives, so do Elliot and Mo and Amy, because I will find them. While I'm gone, you four people in this church, in this corner of planet Earth, you have to be the best of humanity. Tony asked if they should be dissecting the creature to find its weak point, but the doctor says, No dissecting, no examining. We return their hostage. They return ours. Nobody gets harmed. We can land this together. If you are the best, best you can be you are decent brilliant people nobody dies today understand and nazarene applauds Which I thought was uh, a truly excellent reaction to this
2: uh i did love uh you need to be the best you could possibly be and tony's first question is should we dissect them and she's like what did i just say <laughs> yes. what were the words that just were you not listening mouth? yeah <laughs>
3: At the TARDIS, Nazarene says she's coming with the doctor, asked if it's some kind of transport pod. The doctor refuses, but Nazarene says, I've spent all my life excavating the layers of this planet, and now you want me to stand back while you head down into it? I don't think so. The doctor says he doesn't have time to argue that it'll be dangerous, and Nazarene says, so it's crossing the road. The doctor agrees. Tony tells her to come back safe, and Nazarene says, of course doctor welcomes her aboard the TARDIS tells her not to touch anything they both get knocked off their feet the doctor accuses her of touching something but they've been hijacked and the TARDIS is being pulled into the earth Uh, meanwhile Alea talks to the others she says you had to come and see me Rory says they're going to keep her safe and Ambrose says her tribe will give them back their people in exchange for her Alea says no shall I tell you what's really going to happen apes one of you will kill me my death shall ignite a war and every stinking ape shall be wiped from the surface of my beloved planet Tony says they won't allow that to happen, and Alea says, "I know apes better than you know yourselves. I know which one of you will kill me. Do you?" Uh, then later, alone, Tony checks his injured neck, and there's these green veins spreading down his chest, and it's
2: gross. Uh, the doctor and na- by a tongue, I guess. Oh, that yeah.
3: There you go. Uh, the doctor and Nazreen have fallen through the bottom of the tunnel system. They're a lot more than twenty-one kilometers down. Nazreen asks why they aren't burning alive, and the doctor says, "Don't know. Interesting, isn't it?" Nazarene says, It's like this every day to you. And the doctor says, Not every day, every other day. Amy wakes up, strapped to a vertical examination table with Mo on the next one. He tells her not to struggle, that she's going through decontamination. He says, They dissected him while he was still conscious, and he's got the scar on his chest. Mo says, Love he's that coming. they
2: dissected him, by the way. After we literally just had this conversation about dissection, first thing we see is that they dissected him.
3: Yeah. Mo says, he's coming. I'm sorry. I wish I could help you. As Silurian scientists approach with a scalpel. The doctor tells Nazarene they are looking for a small tribal settlement, probably housing around a dozen Homo reptilia, maybe less. They look down into a vast chamber and the doctor says, maybe more than a dozen, maybe more like an entire civilization living beneath the earth. And that's the end of the episode.
4: Cool. I I really like the visual actually, as we, as we end this and they kind of look on that and they see the whole like civilization that's like been built down there. That's a, it's a very cool image.
2: Yeah, and, and like I said, like this is this really tickles my like sci-fi fancy, right? Like I love the idea of like the inside the earth, the hollow earth, or like a civilization that exists down there. I think it's really fun. I think it's a cool concept. It lends itself to like really fun sci-fi thinking. Um, so I'm really, you know, I, I I remember bits and pieces of what's coming up. So I'm excited to like delve into next week to get the finale. I remember certain big things. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a lot in here in terms of like. it's it's weird because like there's some stuff that's very on the nose for me where it's just like oh well you know we shouldn't be dissecting anyone and all this stuff and then you cut to them and it's just like but they dissected him and it's just like yeah we got it um so there's a little bit of that but i'm curious to see how it all comes together and ties out uh in in the subsequent episode but there's things that are solid i think adam you said it, you said it best honestly like there's a really good concept in here um but the execution is where i think it's stumbling quite a bit
4: yeah and i i just think that like next next week when we look back at this two-parter as a whole i think we're gonna be higher on it at the end of the second episode than we are at like, at this particular point um Maybe that's just because we'll have the full picture and be able to see the full story. But like, I got, gosh, I just remember two partners where after the, after the end of the first part, we're sitting here talking about, man, that was good. That's such, that was like such a good individual episode, such a good, like first part. And it's, it's not that like, there are things that are sparking some interesting conversations for sure. As Doctor Who is like, want to do from, from time to time, certainly. But like, I don't know, we, we, we covered this episode a month ago. Like, are we having the same conversation? Like, I don't, I mean, maybe something similar, but like, you know, I, I think that world events are certainly catapulting this to be more interesting than it otherwise would have been. Um, and like I said before, I'm not, like, finding any of the side characters particularly, you know, interesting or as engaging or as interesting as potentially other side characters of, like, two-part episodes where we get to know them a little bit better. So I think I'm just struggling a little bit there, and I, I don't know. Some of the episodes this season are so good. Like, you know, coming off of Amy's Choice and then we're we're going to Vincent after this, I'm just like, this is a tough little pit stop here to to spend, you know, multiple weeks on this two-parter when we, you know, have to have such good things on on the other sides here. But um, I mean, I'm, speak for yourself, Adam. I ship Nasroni. I am very okay. excited for this <laughs> Nas-roni. Nasroni, okay, okay. I'm down with Nasroni. I guess. But yes, Adam uh, is right.
3: The episode after this two parter is one of the most like all time episodes of Doctor Who ever. So, like, yeah, we're getting there.
2: Yeah. Uh, and we will be getting there. But first, we are going to cover uh, this second two-parter. As mentioned, uh, we're going to give our full ratings next week uh, for the entire two-parter as a whole, not individually. However you would like to cover and do that, if you want to rate them individually and average it and send that to us, aces. Um, but we're going to be doing our usual wibbly-wobbly timey wimey music.
4: <laughs> do we say Kevin Aces now? Kevin just said Aces unironically. Just like yeah. he yeah. stared at that did. camera and just like, if this is what we want to do, bros, my bro-chachos,
3: <laughs> I feel like both Adam and I had the moment of like, do we just let him get away with that? Never. No, no,
2: we, we know, can't, we you have you it. You can't you let him. Just, you just, it could have been fine. It could have been no, fine. No, no, no Aces, uh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said that we could have had a short podcast and here we are now talking about aces Dragging the summer past an we, hour mark we possible we did not impossible. do this you did this, <laughs> this is on you. i made this choice all right next week we are going to get into it uh please send us your feedback as well for the whole uh for the whole two partner we'd love to hear what you think Um, especially once it's all wrapped up and especially once ideally you'll see why we ended up covering this uh so uh let us know that send your feedback in send your ratings in and uh we'll be back next week to cover the next episode which will be uh season five episode not nine uh cold blood um so tune in for that and until then
1: peace.